0: Okay, people, this is another Thursday. We are, of course, this is the conversation. It's outspoken. It's opinionated. It's me, Edwin J. Meyer. I'm here to hold down this conversation. Tonight is going to be serious. Um, But before we get into the conversation, I want to say to everybody who are watching, I want to say thank you again to all, to everyone who have always tuned in, been here up on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere watching this show. Um, We are at or second season next Thursday ends our season and we're having an amazing conversation today. We have uh been going on for the last couple of months, just doing some things, getting stuff together. Like I said earlier, if you guys aren't aware, D Conversation had has partnered with Foundation for the Advancement of Girls, J Palm and Burger IM to provide one thousand girls in Liberia, West Africa with menstrual cycle supplies and what i say when i say that what i mean is pad tampons underwear anything that you know that a young lady can will need during her process why that came up is because we have done research and realized that people who are living in developing countries young women living in developing countries who are um stay out of school during a menstrual cycle or some of them are ashamed to come out because of all because they can't afford pads or tampons and so we're doing this drive But with all that if you want to get more information go to our facebook page go to instagram go to our youtube it's all there and also on our website today is d-day we are having an amazing conversation with an amazing gentleman um we're going to be talking about gender equality gender equity with an amazing gentleman um i had the opportunity to meet him in person a couple of months ago i don't know what happened i just started talking to him and told him what i need him to do you already know me that's what i do when i want something i just go for it so i went for it he agreed i got him, booked him for the show, and he's here. So I am going to bring him to the show. And you guys, we're going to do this conversation because I'm super excited. I don't know why. But hey, let's just have this conversation. So Preston, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here
0: it is good to have you i want to say thank you for honoring the invitation for being here welcome to the conversation it's outspoken it's opinionated and we just say whatever is on our heart
1: absolutely i'm ready ready you, ready
0: you are welcome i think i did something but it's okay that's what happened when it's a live show <laughs> stuff happens but you're welcome so can you tell the people who you are and what you do
1: Sure, sure. So Preston Mitchum, I live in DC, Ward 1 to be exact, so Shaw Howard near U Street. Um, I use he, him pronouns. I am an attorney, an activist, and an advocate. Uh, I've been an attorney now for about 10 years, have worked on issues from employment discrimination to reproductive health rights and justice, mostly about abortion access. I've also worked on issues related to menstruation, so shout out to you and y'all for that partnership. Um, And right now I do a lot of work related to mental health and crisis prevention and suicide intervention for young LGBTQ people with the Trevor Project. And so I'm really excited to be here. Um, I should also say I'm a nerd. So I also teach uh, LGBTQ health law and policy at Georgetown University Law Center where I've been teaching that for about five and a half years now. So uh, really excited to be joining you and have all the conversations about everything that's really important to our lives
0: this is great this is really good to have it's funny because last week i had an opportunity of having uh um somebody on my show who's actually was coming in from australia and we talk about um mental health yeah mental health so that was this is really great but you know how you've been the world has been crazy a lot of things going on so how are you mentally physically and spiritually
1: you know, I appreciate that question. Many people ask, you know, for favors, but don't ask actually for how are you doing, right? I how just to- want
0: to know how you doing because oh. I you. That shut the whole computer <laughs> walk away. So I you just know, woke up.
1: The truth is, I am at a point in my life where if I were not good, I would not be talking to you right now. So <laughs> I have been able to honor my own body, right? My emotions, my psyche. So I'm pretty good right now. I, I am honestly, I'm blessed. I am blessed the pandemic is real i really want people to get vaccinated and to stay masked up when they're inside um but you know i, I know we all make the decisions that feels best for us and i'm going to honor that but personally i am absolutely okay
0: and that's good to know i'm glad you're here i'm glad you are physically mentally and spiritually here with us yes but yes. i'm just going to go straight into it why i had a conversation with you <laughs> I'm snooping around and i seen a little post about something then i seen you then that day we went out then i saw mm-hmm. her. i was like i know him i think i've seen him before <laughs> and then i spark up a conversation that's just me but a few months ago um I, if i missed if i'm not mistaken june 13th or 14th, one mm-hmm. of them the young lady basically was dragged down the nelly's stairs mm-hmm. um my understanding i don't know why she was dragged down the stairs but basically she was dragged down the stairs and you know people have come out to. This- other patrons have come out and say nelly's uh, uh nelly's is racist and management is racist um but what was you know what has really been confusing is that this situation the manner of that situation happened hasn't happened before but other things have happened before that we okay. can relate to when this happened so could you give us an insight on the situation where it is what's happening what's going on because
1: we just to put some stuff together I appreciate that and and really I do genuinely appreciate the opportunity to talk about you know some of the situations that's occurred at Nellies because the one thing that I've consistently said is that if we're just looking at the the incident of violence against Keisha Young as the only time something has happened that's been what I would consider and what many of us would consider anti-black then we're missing a bigger picture. So I'm going to take it back to 2017. Okay back in 2017 and even before that but for many people who live in DC and who have lived in DC for some period of time i've been living here for about a decade now we know that there are now at this point essentially no black queer bars and restaurants previously there were tons the delta the delta elite edge wet bachelor mill apex aqua there was always something to do in dc the past several years, we started to noticing a diminishing Black queer scene. And by that, I mean the lack of ownership and being able to operate our own facilities in DC, specifically Black gay bars and Black queer bars and restaurants. And so it made options like Nelly's seem a little bit sexier because we didn't really have many places to go. So on Saturdays, we really started to do brunch and then we'll use the go to somewhere else afterward. And that somewhere else was the park at 14th when the park was doing Sunday Funday parties. Daryl Wilson in particular. For some reason, the parties from the park went from a daytime to nighttime. And so what does that mean? That means that we are still looking for something to do after brunch. So Nellie's made the most sense to go. It was on U Street, more of a central location, and remember, the goal was to still go to the park. So it's like 10 minutes away. So it was the easiest thing to do. So I state that just to to say there was nothing special about Nellie's outside of the location. As there were moments of incident that happened at Nellie's, there were a lot of fights at Nellie's, right? Between Black gay men in particular. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us were attempting to remedy, like what is happening? Why are we fighting here? Because it was only at Nellie's that, well, I shouldn't say only, Mostly though, at Nelly's, where many of us were fighting, like, we would go to you know, number nine, we would go to the park, and there would be minimal issues. But at Nelly's, there was always something that was very peculiar, right? What I've learned is through observation is that the security there were not trained to handle conflict. And by handle, well, I mean de-escalate conflict. Okay. And so, you know, it will be sometimes patrons were breaking up fights. <laughs> Right. So people like me <laughs> and friends and other people who were just bystanders who just did not want to see people fighting would break up the fights. And so you fast forward to what many of us started to observe. And it was that when black gay men were getting in fights, then there would be like Ward World 3 War in a way, right? They would call the cops, people would get kicked out. There would be like a huge issue as opposed to what many of us would observe drunken nights on Fridays and Saturdays where white patrons would get drunk and belligerent and fight and they would maybe get kicked out, maybe, right? But suddenly Nellie's had figured out tools in their toolbox to deescalate. And so I found that odd, not surprising because America, but I found it odd that a majority white bar and white owned place could find the magical way to de-escalate conflict for non-Black people, but suddenly would increase the, the, um, the conflict, would escalate in many ways, would kick out what would, would call the police. And so I then called a meeting with the owner of Nellie's, and this was back in 2017. So it was around Black Pride weekend. And so I met with the owner and his then manager around all the conflict and so right internal like related to intra community because we have to admit that there were fights happening right that looked like to actually talk about that and what is your response to us doing that if your response is so dissimilar from white people when they're fighting in your establishment or just drunken in your establishment and it was a terrible meeting you know, there were many statements that were quite frankly, just blatantly racist, such as black people are fighting because of rap music being played, notions of Hennessy being the reasons for fights to happen. So then there were up charges of Hennessy, and then there were no rap music being played. So they would literally take the DJ out and then bring in mostly like pop music being played on phones. And it was very clear to us that there was a reason why this was happening. And so, because the meeting was so terrible, and it it, it, honestly, I'm sure we all agree that it was a bad meeting, to the point where I went home and I was so angry that I tried to really come to a a conclusion around this meeting and to no avail. So I wrote a three page letter, then posted it on Facebook around everything that was happening about the meeting. To my surprise, it gets a lot of attention and a lot of other black LGBTQ people came forward and said, oh my God, I knew it wasn't just me. I knew it wasn't just me experiencing these things at Nellie's, right? And so, you know, then it, you know, then long story short, we st- or long story long, I guess in this instance, you know, we started having more conversations related to safe bar trainings, which we offered to work with Nellie's um, back in 2017. Nellie's originally refused, then they were trained one time, which obviously nothing has happened. Um, and then fast forward four years later, right? then we have this incident with keisha young um and i but and i just want to i have to say this you know there is a there is this agency called abra which is the alcohol beverage regulation administration which really which is pretty much the agency in dc that grants the licensing sometimes revoke the licensing related to like bar and liquor licenses etc there have been multiple reports filed against Nellie's on abra and what that means is there is investigations mm-hmm. that Oprah actually looks into the incidences at Nellie's. One of those such investigations is at for around the Keisha Young incident, where an impartial investigator actually reviewed all the video takes from that night, and after looking at everything, because we everyone still has not seen it, even the people who have some who have who have agreed with Nellie's for whatever reason. Right. The, the only people in person, effectively, has been this opera, this individual investigator who concluded that Nellie's was in the wrong. Okay. After doing all of the film and documentation from the night. Right. And so I think that's something important to remember, because a lot of these people have cited some some people have decided after this magical second video came out. Mm-hmm. That, that Keisha was in the wrong without even considering that that still was not the beginning of the video. That was already at a moment of conflict and so for any of us for many people to actually be able to view and understand it you would need to see what happened leading up to that incident because and i'm not kisha's lawyer i'm a lawyer but i'm not kisha's lawyer but the tr uh, excuse me let, me let me make sure i say that again properly i am a lawyer i am not Keisha's lawyer. just to make sure we're clear and as a lawyer the one thing that's clear is that if you see someone maybe in chance or in a way of physical bodily injury or harm, you absolutely have the legal right to defend someone else. In that instance, even if you're just looking at the top of the stairs, what we now know is it was Keisha's cousin who was being hit by a bystander and someone from Nelly's and jumped into that fight, which Keisha has the legal right to do. So again, like you know, we can always say whatever about the case of public opinion, but the truth mm-hmm. is, even an impartial investigator, after seeing all the footage and all the videos, said that Nellie's was the one in the wrong because they owe a duty to the patrons to make sure that they are protected, and surely dragging mm-hmm. someone down the steps is not a way to protect them.
0: And I think for me, um, no legal whatsoever. But for, for me, it's just watching them they're like, why? Why is this man? as big as he is dragging this woman down the stairs so you can lift her up you can take her down the stairs like I, so for me that's my thing i'm like why is she being dragged edwin let me and, tell you and everything i don't know maybe for me is the way yeah. how my mind works it takes me back to slavery yeah that's what yeah. they did to our sisters and our mothers yeah. you dragged them to to basically succumb them and bring them down, you bring them to their lowest level mm-hmm. and you drag them. And so, when I'm watching that and I see people in some things, I'm like, uh, "Do you see what I'm, I'm watching?" Doing? The same thing, yeah, I'm like, right? I'm like, right? You thinking that she's in the wrong? Why is he dragging her?
1: Exactly. Why
0: can't he look?
1: Like, it's it's ridiculous. I have seen Nellie's carry three hundred pound white men out with more humanity. And the question that I always leave with people is this. It's a very simple one. If Keisha were a white woman, would this same exact treatment happen? And anyone who answers yes is lying, blatantly so. It's a big lie. Mm We all know
0: Jane would have had a conversation taking in the back, probably giving water, so mm-hmm. she can calm down, have yep. a good conversation with Jane, and maybe Jane might have to leave, they yep.
1: might somebody to get Jane an Uber for them to get out. Yep, and, and to prove my point, Edwin, in 2018, I believe it was, I started to find different videos I recorded and posted it on Twitter. I had recorded a video that was maybe a minute and a half where a white woman was attempting to fight about four different times. Insecurity security had to break it up, they never kicked her out. They never, and this was one white woman trying to fight I me. Mean, it was like four people holding her back and she was never kicked out. And if you can withstand her, who That's was right. much bigger in frame than Keisha, frankly, then surely you can carry out someone with more humanity. And you have to think about the gravity of which she was dragged. This may sound like hy- like hyperbole and like exaggeration. Keisha could have died.
0: Coming down the stairs. Her head would have hit one of those pavements and she could have been done. Yes. It could have been. And like I think one of her posts where she said, she is so excited that she's even living to tell her story. Because mm-hmm. what would have happened if she would have Die, has some sort of internal bleeding, and go home and die. Like, nobody will, like, who will hear from her? It would just be, oh, she was acting rude. It's a black, not a black woman.
1: Exactly. And this, in in my lawyer brain, always like it clicks because we have this thing in the law called you take someone as they are, right? So, Keisha could have had an illness that may not have been physical. So, maybe the security guards wouldn't have known of it. And if it actually led to what you're describing, right? More internal bleeding, et cetera. If she was pregnant, you, she there literally- was so
0: many, yeah. There is dinner
1: would have been a criminal dinner could have been a criminal issue that's attached to it, right? Because you take someone as you find them, no matter what you know about them, right? You take them as they already are. And so I think about more and more things that could have happened. And so this is not just about again, this moment in time. What happened? No, it's devastating. not devastating. Right. But this is a bigger issue of how black people treated, particularly in a gentrifying D.C., right, where the census data just came out. And sure, there's some underreporting that 40.6 percent of the residents in D.C. marked that they were black. Chocolate City, 40.6 yeah, percent of the residents marked they were black. Right? So this is not just an issue of like, maybe I like Nellies, maybe they're a good drink. This no. is an issue of what's happening when you keep pushing out Black residents outside of the nation's capital that is majority or was majority Black. That matters. And I want to say this, because if you look back, there is a huge track
0: record with Nellies when it comes mm-hmm. to racial inclusivity. I, in 2018, there was this Blue Light Matter flag that was yeah. up, and some patrons saw that, and it was a whole hoopla hoopla hoopla. But if we're just saying, where do we go from here with gender equality when it comes to the LGBT community? And mm-hmm. so that's why I just want us to go for now. It's 2021, mm-hmm. everybody is extremely progressive. Mm-hmm. But this is something I have noticed, and this is why I really wanted you to come on this show for us to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that whenever gender equality conversation is being held, I always have this feeling that the conversation is only limited. The un- it's only limited to cisgender women hmm every time I watch it on TV I read articles about it it or gender equality is limited to equity for cisgender women so could you just give us an understanding this was a question from somebody on Facebook who wanted us to talk about the difference between gender identity gender expression and sexual orientation and mm-hmm. how can we create some sort of inclusivity
1: yeah, so I think I, I think you make a really good point, right? And the truth of the matter is women broadly are still mistreated in this entire country, right? In this entire world, frankly. And when you add on top of that people's intersectional identities, such as their race and their disability status and their class level and their education level and their healthcare status, et cetera, right? We see who actually has more access to, to resources than others, right? And so I always say, if you center the most marginalized communities, then naturally people who already have access to power will be okay. So the people who I usually take the lead from are Black trans women. Okay. Because in this country, on this earth, on this land, Black trans women are the most aggrieved community in this entire world. So when I think about the differences, when I'm talking about gender and gender identity and gender expression, right? I just like to say right that there's this thing we call soji so Mm -hmm. sexual orientation and gender identity and expression soji so when you talk about sexual orientation a lot of it is just really thinking about romantic and sexual attraction everyone has a sexual orientation every single person right maybe straight people don't want to believe that they do because the language of sexual orientation feels like it's just gay people yeah but straight people also have sexual and romantic attractions, right? Like many of them do, right? Of course there's a asexuality we could discuss a bit more, but right, like by and large, many people have a sexual orientation, right? There are things like straight, lesbian, gay, bisexual, pansexual, et cetera, right? So that's always what I described as either sexual or romantic or physical attraction, right? It doesn't mean necessarily you act on it, mm-hmm. but it's just noting that there is a, a, a level of attraction. Then you have your gender and gender identity, right? So, gender identity by and large is just who you are, right? It's just literally who you are, how you identify, how you feel internally, how you emote externally, right? So I feel I am a man. So that is my gender, right? That That is who Preston is, that's how I identify as a cisgender man. And then of course you have your expression, right? Expression does not necessarily have to be attached to any gender, mm-hmm. right? And so there are people who are non-binary. There are people who may, from what we've learned, may physically, quote unquote, look like what we stereotypically know as a man, but may dress in more feminine attire, right? Because that's just what they feel. So they express themselves in that more feminine and effeminate way. Um, All of that to say, regardless of someone's sexual orientation and their gender identity and expression, everyone deserves a level of respect Right. And so that's why, you know, you'll see in my chat now, like that I put my pronouns in there because for me, like, even though I know I identify and I use he, him pronouns, maybe people do not know that. And they should not know that because you should not assume someone's pronouns Mm -hmm. and no matter what they physically look like. And so, you know, so when people ask me again, sexual orientation, again, romantic, physical, sexual, intimate attraction, doesn't necessarily mean you're acting on that attraction, but that's what it is. Gender identity is just who you are intimately, individually, fuck societal standards, fuck societal norms. It's just who you ultimately are and see yourself as being, and again, and are. And then expression, it's just how you actually express your gender. Um, and sometimes that can look like the clothes you wear, whether you wear makeup or not, whether you have a beard or not. But again, that doesn't necessarily have to be attached and it should not be attached to a particular gender. Society, unfortunately, makes us feel like we have to attach it to particular genders, and that's how we get into this norm of the gender binary, which yes. is why we only talk about men and women. Right? We don't talk about non-binary folks. We don't talk about two-spirit individuals. We because we just neatly couch people into you're a man or a woman, and that's it. And that is a thing we should really divest from.
0: And so, so when we're looking at um, gender equity, where we, where we we say 2021. We're being progressive, and we need to. Inc- everybody needs to be included when it comes to this conversation. How can we broaden this gender equity conversation?
1: So the way I oftentimes broaden it is just by getting people to to understand that gender is a farce, right? Like the idea that we even have a gender makes that we have genders that we have to subscribe to makes no sense. Like it's not even productive. Like it actually does nothing for society and for culture. Like we've we've pretended that it has because that's all we know. And it's really hard to unlearn the things that we've learned is true, oh, yeah. right? Because you're like, how dare you tell me that I've been wrong my entire life, <laughs> right? Like it reminds me when we are talking to conservatives, right? And they're like, what? Or, or, you know, people who are racist. They're like, I'm not racist. It's like, no. well, you don't really define whether your race racist, we get to define. <laughs> whether you're racist, but I also understand how you're being taught something and then being forced to unlearn it, right? It becomes a challenge and you just immediately get defensive. And so when I think of broadening gender equity, I think about broadening or sometimes erasing our own notions of gender, because the reason ultimately why sexism is allowed to happen is because our notions of gender has taught us that women and femme folks and more feminine center folks are weaker right or less intelligent and so because many of us have learned that that means naturally that any presentation of that for the rest of our life until we unlearn it will actually deduce who they are as a person right think about it why do you think we still have not had a woman president in the united states yep Right, and so it's like, that. That that is not just, that's not a coincidence. Like, that it's is, what do, you, what, do, what do they say? Is it a coincidence, <laughs> <laughs> what did Ms. Nini Leake say? No, it's not a coincidence, it is real, right? Yeah. The reason why we absolutely have not, and, and why we have less women leaders is because of sexism, or what we now really call, particularly around Black women, misogynoir, because it is the intersection of them experiencing racism and sexism, which is very different than just speaking about gender equity right, as a broad term, because not all women are treated the same way, and many women are treated negatively than others because of their multiple marginalized identities. And I feel like I have to discuss this, right? So Kimberly Crenshaw is someone who many of us are now starting to really learn about, Mm -hmm. and many people still may not know who she is. So just to be fair, because she is more academic, so I, I do wanna be fair and honor that. Kimberly Crenshaw is the coined the term what we call intersectionality. And intersectionality, she says, I just coined the term. I didn't, I didn't like make up the practice of it, right? There are many black women before me who were experiencing it and did not have this academic term to use. And it is literally like how multiple marginalized identities work together to impact individual people right mm-hmm. so it is thinking about systems of oppression so how does race impact class how does class impact gender how does gender impact disability how does disability impact economics right all of it works together so it's not just counting right it's not just saying i present in black i'm queer right no it is I present in black and queer, and that means that some systems will naturally impact me differently because my identities are inseparable, right? They cannot be separated, and it comes from a case from this woman named Emma de Graffin-Reed, who was working at a manufacturing a manufacturing company and plant, and one of, and she's a black woman. And one of the things that she noticed is when she was trying to apply for jobs in this plant that the industrial jobs had men in them but or had black people in them but they were men Mm -hmm. and the more secretarial and administration administrative jobs had women in them but they were all white so she took this case to court saying that i'm being discriminated against as a black woman and you know what happened the court rejected her claim because they said surely you have to pick one Yeah, you can't you can't be discriminated against because you're a black woman. It got to be because you're black or a woman. And guess what? We have women here and we have black people here. But what she was trying to say is I need to put these causes together because all the black people are men and all the women are white. So where are the black women? yeah so again when we talk about gender equality and gender equity as i think is more fair is Mm -hmm. equality assumes that we are already on the level playing field whereas equity understands that we are not Mm -hmm. on the same level playing field there are some things that need to happen in order for us even become more on a level playing field so again when i think back to how do you broaden gender equity i think we have to start first and foremost by listening to black trans women And I think we have to really recognize that what we know, what we know, have learned about gender, we have years of unlearning to do.
0: I like that because I think it's like you're literally looking at my paper, and I'm going to be a problem. But if a company or establishment non-discrimination policy states that it does not discriminate based on gender, Mm -hmm. is that all the company's establishment needs to say to be inclusive? A person's well, severe sexual orientation?
1: Yeah, I mean, frankly, the broader the policy, the better it is for people okay. to be safe, frankly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I always tell, there needs to be a comprehensive policy of communities that you cannot discriminate against because they are protected classes, right? So, and, and sometimes they're legally protected, sometimes they're not. But rest assured, if you look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964, <laughs> You'll already know some of the protected classes. And that's frankly why the Equality Act is so important, right? Which it which is a bill in Congress that would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in places like housing, education, jury service, et cetera right? Because technically speaking, in, in many legal cases, LGBTQ people are not protected classes, mm-hmm. right? But you still can't discriminate against us in many facets, right? Um, so we're still working out the legalities of that. But suffice to say, companies need to have broad-based anti-discrimination policies. Why? Because diverse workforces are the best workforces that we have. So when you say, you know,
0: um, are, they are not supposed to be discriminated upon, but we're still seeing it, it's yes. happening every day, 100%. and it's everywhere. So, what are the steps um, as for us? You know, when we talk about Nellies, we talk about all these places where we know there are discriminate. There are discriminating. There is no I- inclusivity. You know, you can you walk in an establishment, you can know that so you don't belong here. Yeah, and you can see it. And so, what are the steps that can be taken so that these businesses or the establishment can they can identify these things and there can be some sort of gender equity in there?
1: Places have to be willing to be held accountable. I think my, I think the thing I get really, I'm just going to say frustrated by are when people get angrier at the individuals trying to make places better Mm. as opposed to the companies that are having discriminatory practices, you know, honestly, we should be honoring the people who put their lives on the line to make places better, you know, so what that they, and I'm going to say, we are interrupting your $5 drink, right? I personally could not even want to go to a place that has a pattern or practice of discrimination. It mm-hmm. wouldn't even feel good to me to want to go to these places, right? Why? Because there are other places that I don't have to beg to take my money. <laughs> right. There are other places that I will have to go that I won't have to go to or that I won't have to experience like anti-Black racism or just feel like people are looking at me sideways to go into. So I think the question can, I think the question ultimately is what do people want? Right. <laughs> because guess what the weak places can't be owned and operated if no one is going there my point you know nelly's has nothing shut down for four to five weeks and lost a lot of money and frankly and right after when they opened, some black queer people ran right back right so not that not that the numbers were the same right the numbers are still much lower than what they were because i think it shifted a major conversation i think people really were like oh wait a minute we heard of some stuff in the past but this was on video yeah this we can't excuse right and of course i think the pandemic also has something to do with it but my question ultimately goes to people and it's Mm -hmm. like what do you want how do you want to be treated right because i'm like for me i've already made that as a 35 year old person right i've made the choice to to only go to places (laughs) that will treat me like a human and i don't have to beg for it Right. And so for me, I, of course, I'm still mad at these businesses. Of course, the businesses must be held accountable. That's what we're doing with Nellies. We're working on a community listening session for people who feel like they've been basically aggrieved by Nellies or experienced racism in the past by Nellies. They should come out. We're working on it. I'll make sure you have the information to send to your viewers. Yeah. Uh, and I think the question, again, ultimately is what do people want from these places? And I have, I have, an, I have an appeal and a plea. We don't have to go to these places. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? We do not have to go to these places. There are tons of other places that we can go to. Maybe we're not used to them, right? Maybe we need to do a little bit more research. But there are places we can go to that we don't have to beg and scrap for our humanity.
0: And I like that you say that because I was having a conversation when that whole team came up and I'm having a conversation with a friend. And he was like, so where do we go? I'm like, what do you mean, where do you go? Why should I take my money? Uh huh. Buy me a, a, because basically that's what you do. You get dressed yep. up, you do yep. what you gotta do. You, yep. if you're driving, gotta look for parking. Then mm-hmm. I gotta go into an establishment where I know they don't want me there, but I'm still gonna be there. No, that's no. a lot of effort. So I don't me. have to go to, there are so many other places that you can go to because you can create an atmosphere. You can create an atmosphere. You don't need to go in a specific Thank space. You. you can go anywhere and have a yep. good time and enjoy yep. yourself. We and
1: did I mean, it frankly we did it back in 2017 with nellie's right when we stopped going there we stopped going there for like a full year and we went to other places and those other places became the move on sundays and so it's not we i i want many of us to operate out of abundance and not restriction we feel that nellie's is the only place that exists there are so many other places now i will say and this is to this is some defense that because dc has is being so hella gentrified the lack of space is a real thing and so my my goal as a community leader and working with other community leaders and organizers from places like harriet's wildest dreams the palm collective CAS collective acts for safe spaces and others is to figure out ways to work with the mayor's office and city council to provide some kind of funding to figure out how do we actually create spaces for Black, queer, trans, and non-binary people. Because that is important. And none of that excuse make excuses for people who want to go back to Nelly's, right? We can do both of these things at the same time. We can find venues and other spaces that will celebrate who we are and not make us restrict ourselves. And we can work on funding to create our own spaces. And, and
0: I think, I think working on funding to create this space is important because I think you know exactly what you want. You know exactly what kind of ex, what kind of experience you want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like where, wherever you go, whether it's at Burger King, McDonald's, wherever mm-hmm. you go, it's an experience. Yes. And if you go to that place and you don't get a good experience, you're not going to spend your money
1: there. Exactly. But I'm
0: still trying to rack my brain around the fact where people get bad experiences, but it's still go to the same place. And yes. for me, that's insanity. It yeah. don't make no sense to me.
1: Yeah, Yep. I agree. And
0: so I just feel it's just like, um like the other day we were passing there and I see some people up there and I see some people like my color upstairs. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. You exactly. got to do what you got to do. If that's okay, mm-hmm. that's okay for cool. you. Okay but guess what? My high earned money is not going to go there. Yep. i'm sorry but i'm not going to do it until a change is being made yep. And for a change to and for a change we need to see the change yep you, like i'm sorry you can tell me that oh you fired this security guard and you cancel that security company no 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 for our security guard to react the way he reacted there was some sort of directive there was no way
1: yeah.
0: he responded the way he responded on this.
1: Yep. 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 yeah Yeah. And the truth is it doesn't just start at the security no it, it, it is a top down thing right so the reason why the security whether they were an independent contractor or not the reason why they thought that was okay is because the owner has given some kind of like green light yes i think that that is okay because i'm sure that security guard didn't do that at other places no it's Positive. that security guard did not do that at other places no. And so, and we have to question why Nelly's contracted with them in the first place. Because for Nellys to be a gay bar, you need to contract with gay-friendly establishments who understand our scene, who understands the things to do, the things to not do, and there are many security who are trained in actually how to escalate, de-escalate conflict for LGBTQ people. Nellys obviously doesn't care about that, which is why they called themselves, and I quote, a straight-friendly bar. So,
0: well, then problem solved. <laughs> we don't need to do anything but as we're still talking about this whole equity and rights and everything we're trying to with need some sort of inclusion everybody be connected another thing happened recently mm-hmm. and you have been extremely vocal about it too so the baby <laughs> few weeks ago for me i felt that he went on a homophobic <laughs> rants it was extremely mm. i i didn't even know how to find the word mid-performance he had everything he wanted to say and being in healthcare and someone who have done you know have done bedside have patients mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff the hiv part really hit home yeah that hit home for me because when i listened to that and i heard what he said and i heard his hype man yep. hyped him up with the same thing and i was like can you imagine if there was a child in there who was born with mm-hmm. hiv Based on the fact of his parents or whatever, he has HIV, and one of his goals in life was to go to that concert. Mm-hmm. Or let's say somebody is dying in three weeks, and one of the, the bucket lists is to go to the Rolling Out concert, mm-hmm. and they hear that. So, for someone who advocate for the queer community,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you watch that video, I want you just. How did it relate to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, so let me just first say that I am surprised at no homophobic comment that the baby will ever make. The baby has a history of abuse, of literally like physically assaulting Black women. Yeah. Of talking about how much he's like beat up Black men has gone on rants right against megan the stallion and other black women rappers and just other folks generally so the truth is many people have been trying to hold the baby accountable for years now he just happened to piss off the right people this time or wrong people however you view it and the truth is nothing he said surprised me it saddened me right because it was so patently false and so offensive and frustrating and as someone who's had a history of working with communities and as who who live with HIV as someone who has a lot of friends living with HIV um, as someone who's done HIV advocacy and presented at the international AIDS conference like I was I was furious and the thing that really infuriated me was of course you know people's defense of him because here's the thing What I don't expect the baby to do is to be an expert on issues related to HIV. Okay. Don't expect it. I don't expect him to have to know the science, but the baby knew enough to weaponize it against people. Exactly. And Uh, that is the issue. He knew enough and then followed it up with one, two, three, air quote, apologies. And basically the last one said, I need, apologies that he since deleted from Instagram, mind you. But then specifically said in the apologies that he needed education. He's a millionaire. <laughs> he has his access to all the resources if he wanted them. But he doesn't. What he was counting on is for his homophobia, for his batshit antics that he's usually done, for his abusive past, for people's capping of him, or caping of him, rather, to be used to his advantage. And he met his match this time. And so, you know, in conclusion, nothing he said surprised me. It's certainly frustrated and saddened me. I think the thing that's probably made me the most frustrated is around this this disingenuous conversation of cancel culture. Yeah. Because what many people are calling cancel culture is literally people just attempting to hold others accountable. You know, I've heard people say things like, so what are we supposed to do, cancel him? I'm like, y'all, it's been three weeks. Like, what (laughs) is... Like, you act like it's been five years. He literally made the comments three weeks ago. (laughs) And so you know people's perception of time, I think, is weird sometimes, frankly. And I think people don't give communities time to grieve through what someone is saying, to be offended, and then attempting to call someone in. They expect a couple of things in a couple of days. That's for someone to offend, Mm -hmm. for someone to be held accountable in a day, and then for someone to say, we're fine, come back into community. It does not happen that fast because transformative justice doesn't happen that fast because people's behaviors are not changed that fast and again the best apology is change behavior and with the baby deleting his instagram apology there's no reason to believe that he's gonna oh. change
0: i don't and i'm gonna say some real ignorant stuff now i'm gonna go into my opinion <laughs> So I know people who are watching, I'm sorry, I'm going to be really ignorant right now. But this is where, so when I'm watching it, right, so I'm the kind of person I watch something over and over again because I feel that I miss certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt, as an entertainer, millionaire, someone who I've been on the platform for years, he has done whatever he. I believe he has toured, he has done everything. He's in Miami at this concert, or whatever they called it, and you're telling me, he couldn't get shot out to nobody out there.
1: Right. All
0: the ladies in the house, all the all the Miami girls, all oh. the Mama uh-huh. He couldn't do none of that.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: he decided to call out people who have HIV and talk about people sucking digging in the parking lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I'm trying to understand. Okay, sir. Right, Did somebody offended you. Was there a fight before you came on? Right, scene? like what really happened? And that's how my brain been working for the last since I heard, oh, yeah. So like, like, why are we here? Like, why, like, why, why are we
1: your attention?
0: Why, like, it's the funny thing is, we have coronaviruses around. Why mm-hmm. not talk about coronavirus? Right, I'm talking about HIV that now you have medications that people can be have HIV and live forever you have mm-hmm. all these things that can happen there are so many great things I've done when it comes to HIV awareness and everything in education and people have all the education when it comes to HIV there yeah. are people who are living with HIV they look better than me and you look way better than him why bring up this so I'm really trying to understand that this is what I say
1: yeah and then you have people And of course, then you have people rushing to his defense, like the baby, I mean, excuse me, like T.I., like Lil Boosie, you know, and Boosie is the same person that had literally women strip on his minor child, his child under the age of 18, Yeah, really, really young, I don't even know if he was a teenager and so when you think about people's ideas of why they keep saying things about lgbtq people and then don't relate it back to their own how they actually parent how they actually like view the community and treat people you have to wonder why right because it is it is a sick obsession to be hyper focused on lgbtq people when we're just here
0: we literally literally at home minding our business (laughs) and this is what i'm saying i feel and i'm gonna say something ignorant again are we really looking for equality, or are black real niggas mm-hmm. looking for privilege? Oh, of course. And this yes. is why I say this. Of, of I course. say this because I feel we're black men, and I feel there are a lot of hurts when it comes to black men. Mm-hmm. But the hurt when it comes to a black man who's queer is a different situation. Yep. So the straight black men or the real niggas, how they call themselves, like the dumb babies and all these people. It's like every time they need to rent, it's either black women or the queer community. Yep. So my my thing is, are you guys trying to, you really trying to be a white man? Mm-hmm. And so the only way you feel that you can measure up to a white man is to
1: bring, yep. uh, bring people down. And so. So I wrote an article about this back in, I believe it was 2019 uh-huh. when Surviving R. Kelly came on. Because you know the one thing that was clear to me on social media, at least, is many black men who I'm assuming, I believe rightfully so, cis, gender, heterosexual black men, were saying, why are we not talking about this white man who raped and this white man who sexually assaulted? And it's like, do you hear yourself? Because you're not saying that R. Kelly didn't do any of this. You're saying that he should get away with it because these white men are. we should they should all experience some kind of like their survivors should all experience justice so it's like the way that you actually don't care about the survivors at all you just care about this black man being set free (laughs) because these white men are like i know you don't care about survivors and you certainly don't care about black women and black people generally and so yes when i in my experience many people who are part of marginalized communities are not looking for liberation and they're not looking for freedom inequality, equality or equity. They're looking for the power to oppress. Right. Because as long as you have power over someone, you feel really strong. And Toni Morrison said something about this when she was living. You know, She said, if the only way you can feel tall is by standing on someone or when someone is on their knees, then you have a serious problem. And that is something that we all have to check in with. Do we actually want freedom? Do we actually want liberation? Do we actually want equality? Or are we just trying to experience some power over communities who you have better access to?
0: And I, you couldn't have said it any better because that's just been in my head. I'm just like, I don't think there is this form of, you know, um, and I'm gonna put this in, and I know some people are gonna hit me for this, but we scream Black Lives Matter, and that's why I wore this shirt today. Black yeah. Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's like, you know, there's a whole devaluing of gay men mm-hmm. or transgender women. They're like at the bottom. They mm-hmm. get the last, they get everything. And but when something happens to a black man, mm-hmm. we all should stand up though. Mm-hmm. We all should stand up because we're saying black lives. But what happened to these lives? yeah if we're talking about gender equity, we're talking about inclusive in, inclusiveness, like uh, everybody being included. Mm-hmm. in this liberation, in this freedom, or it's just, and that's why I said earlier, I feel it's like the real black men, you know, they consider themselves to be, are uh, literally fighting this fight. There are, this oppression or this freedom is ready not for them to be free, but it's for them to be as equal as a white man. And so the only way they feel that they can get there is mm-hmm. by other communities down. Exactly. Their sisters and their mothers
1: age old tale, age old tale, unfortunately.
0: And now that we're at the end of our time, (laughs) I ask you, how has this life, this advocacy that you've done, Mm -hmm. guarded your life as an individual?
1: You said guarded? Yeah. How has it guarded you? How does it guide you, guarded you? Yeah. I feel (laughs) that's interesting because I feel so being an advocate I have learned so I'm incredibly privileged right like I I have you know I, I will say that you know I I come from the hood and much of my family still lives there and I'm still the person who will send back money to my family and you know because I recognize how privileged I am in many ways right I am I'm going to say relatively healthy. (laughs) I am, you know, happy. I have a great partner. I have a good job. I have three degrees, you know, All and I live in one of the wealthiest cities in the entire world. I mean, country, frankly, Mm -hmm. maybe world too. DC is expensive. (laughs) So I, I don't take for granted the level of privilege I have. And that is why you see me fighting for people so much every day, because I remember not having any of this shit right Mm -hmm. frankly it could all go away tomorrow right i and i and i know what it's like to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and feel like you have nothing to show for right and in many ways those are the people who i empathize with the most because many of them are still me and they're still my family and so that is what advocacy means for me and it means i don't take shit because of that, right? Because I've seen how I grew up and how my family grew up and are. Because I've seen how many of us were taken advantage of, right? Because, you know, my experience as a, as a sexual assault survivor, right? Helps me speak up for people who have been experiencing rape or sexual assault, right? I, advocacy means the world to me. And so I, I can never imagine shutting up, honestly. I don't even know how, right? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And I think as a Black gay person and as a black queer person who didn't know that I could be out loud. Right. And I felt my voice was stifled for so long. I refuse to stifle my voice ever again, no matter who it annoys, Mm -hmm. no matter how irritating, no matter how much you want to say that damn Preston. (laughs) Right. Because in the end, I deeply believe when I meet my ancestors, that people will know well done. And that is what I fight for every day
0: and this has been the conversation
1: with mr preston
0: and i want to say thank you for being here with us it's been great i hope we continue this conversation i think it is important that we do um you have educated me on so many ways just from being here for the last 40 something minutes i think it's been great i appreciate it um let's i would say let's continue this conversation um we can have this conversation all the time. I think this is great. And there's so many things that I want to do when it comes to this conversation. If you haven't noticed, I am from Liberia, West Africa. This mm-hmm. conversation, we don't talk about it. And mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to have this conversation because I think it's important and I really appreciate you for coming.
1: And I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. And if I could just make one plug because- yeah. I always, I love doing these talks and I even love when people follow up with questions. And so, you know, if you would like to reach out to me for any listeners out there, you can follow me and message me on Twitter or on Instagram at on Instagram, it is at Preston on Twitter. It is at Preston Mitchum, please feel free to follow along and send me any questions that you may have.
0: And for those who are watching, as you can see, at the bottom is pr- at Preston.Mitchum. And also his website is PrestonMitchum.com. You can go there and it, I think it directs them also to your social media page. It does. I'm mm-hmm. a stalker. I've been stalking. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it. You have thank a you. great evening and hope to see you soon.
1: Yes, you do the same. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, I appreciate it okay people i told you guys this was going to be great the conversation was amazing of course there's always something to talk about but we have to go time is of the essence i appreciate you guys for always watching for always supporting again i'm asking you september 11 Einberger, burger gathensburg menstrual, Sur- menstrual supplies bring it out there between 12 30 to 7 we will be there if you have not we're asking you to subscribe to our youtube channel the conversation outspoken and opinionated go to our facebook the conversation outspoken and opinionated we are on spotify so you guys can go ahead and download this thing and listen to this thing but i'll see you next week thursday it's gonna be great so buckle up the conversation is gonna be on the road we are going to monrovia liberia in december it's gonna be great i can't wait we're excited if you are out there and you are not taking COVID serious it's important i want you if you have if you are contemplating vaccine and getting vaccinated try and get it if you don't be safe wear your mask use a hand sanitizer and this was the conversation of course it's always opinionated and outspoken this is what we do up in here so you guys have an amazing amazing week